When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome in. Happy May the 4th to all those who observe. Uh, this is the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as... There it is. A Jedi Master. That's not coming up as purple as I wanted it to because it really is very purple. Uh, it's the color of my hair, it but matches uh, Jesse, well. Jesse can attest it's to this. It's much more purple. Uh, he is my Padawan, by the way. He's also my Vice Mayor and your Thunderstick. It's Jesse Friedman. I don't know if I do absor- observe May the 4th. I know you don't. Like, it's just... I know you don't. Well, tired of the whole Star Wars thing. <sighs> Oh no! There's no Star Wars thing. It's just, yes, just the greatest story about space and laser swords and Ewoks, little furry bears that's ever existed. Get out of here, Jesse! They're, I'm not going to let you bring really, me down today. They're really I corny. refuse. You know, to you let know you do this that I have on this of the holiest of days. I have very precise taste for movies, Derek. You know, yeah. I've really refined that over Bad the last taste. few months. And Bad I'm just taste. saying the acting is really corny. In all of the stars, they're all very. The corny acting is to corny. Watch. The acting yeah. is corny. I mean, okay, the acting's the, all right. The audacity, just like the, the absolute the fucking quality, unmitigated gall of you. The, the, <laughs> the quality of the CGI is You're very gonna poor. You're going to attack the CGI. CGI wouldn't even exist if it wouldn't be for the leaps and bounds that Star Wars as a film franchise took in special effects. I can't even do true. this with you. I can't even do true. this with you today. Uh, welcome in. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Do, I'm not. I'm not even going to acknowledge him for the rest of the day. Uh, thank you guys for being here, and those who appreciate Star Wars more than this guy does. But I know something he does appreciate, and of course that's baseball. Uh, we have lots to talk about, not only about the Diamondbacks, but around uh, Major League Baseball. But of course, uh, we have to. We have to ask the question once again because we still don't know the answer. <laughs> are the Diamondbacks actually good, Jesse? <laughs> are they good? Uh, and I don't, I, I, I mean, we're going to talk about the several ways they are good and are bad, but uh, I guess first thought, hearing that question, are the D-backs good? We don't know yet, right? I mean, that's the... That's the, <laughs> the jury is still out. That's, that's the reality of the situation, <laughs> and I know that's sort of a, that's sort of a cop-out answer, but yeah, after, after, 31, after 31 games, we don't know much about any team right it's not it's not just the d-backs it's true have they played well up to this point yeah they've played pretty well have they played extremely well could you say based on the schedule that they've played they've they've played pretty well i mean Um, yeah because we did not have very high hopes for april and we talked about if they could just get through april if they could just be 500 in the month of april if they could just 
kind of eke out, get out of this, you know, month where they had essentially so many games against the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, you know, can't what can they do after that point? You know, I mean, some people were so so convinced that they were going to be poor in April that they made a ridiculous promise to dye their hair a certain yeah. color because stupid, of it. So stupid, stupid idiots. Clearly, they defied some expectations in in the month of April. But yeah, me. I, I, I am right. talking about right. you. Uh, but yeah, the D backs are are a plus eight. They've scored more runs than their opponents have. They are no longer in first place. The Los Angeles Dodgers have caught fire over the last week. They've won six in a row. They're now nineteen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. The D backs trail them by a game and a half. The Padres are are now also right on their tail at 17 and 15. Um, but at the same time, D-backs have played pretty well up to this point. And a lot of that, Derek, has to do with their offense. Uh, the D-backs have scored the sixth most runs in baseball at 161 up to this point in the season. They're averaging, they averaging 5.2 runs per game, which is mm. a lot. Like 5.2 runs a game. You maintain that over a full season, you're going to be one of the probably five best offenses in the game. So it's still too early to know if if the D-backs are going to be able to do that. But if we're if we're talking about just the offense, and you know, you certainly saw this yesterday in that game against the Rangers, there were a lot of things that went right. You're starting to see Christian Walker break out a little bit. You're starting to Sky see Lourdes Gurriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, breakout a little bit. Corbin Carroll, of course, has been outstanding. The D-backs have a number of hitters in their lineup who are above average, and they don't really have any holes in their lineup most days. Uh, so you have to be really encouraged with what you've seen so far from an offensive standpoint. Fangraphs currently gives the Arizona Diamondbacks a 28.4% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, not not so great, but much higher than it was uh, prior to the season, right? Weren't they like below twenty percent as far as a, yeah, a, an opportunity yeah, to make it? I don't know it's if not, I would say it's like a huge increase, but yeah, they started like just under twenty percent, maybe. But yeah, I mean, just like things like Fangraphs, they're going to, you know, they're they're basing that off of their future projection, and their future projection of the D backs is probably the same as it was before. So it's basically just the difference between them going 17 and 14 in the games they've played so far versus maybe 14 and 17, like the system would have expected. So there's, there's not going to be a huge difference in those three games. Uh, And even if the D backs do, you know, ultimately make the playoffs this season, it's going to take a while for these projection systems to ever really buy into that. Yeah. Because numbers, numbers suck. And remember, Numbers don't decide baseball games. Uh, we I do. Mean, they quite do. literally do decide do baseball numbers? games. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. told that the team that yeah. scores more runs yeah, wins the I game. Guess, but I guess. I mean, if you want to get numbers involved, I was thinking bats and balls decide games. But pitching also decides games, and pitching has been still quite bad for this team. Uh, it just has moved from the starting rotation being very good and the bullpen just being the worst to – uh, the, 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 the terrible, you know, outings kind of being kind of, uh, you know, tossed around there a bit. Uh, they rank 23rd in baseball currently with a 4.88 team ERA, uh, and have been out homered 39 to 31, uh, which they've given up quite a few homers. Uh, and yeah. I, I, they're still not hitting a lot, but still they are, uh, they offensively, like we talked about, they, they are still very good. Uh, in in a lot of categories offensively, but pitching seems to be the thing right now that's that's bringing them down. Yeah, it it really is, and somehow there have been a lot of these games where they've given up 
quite a lot of runs and still come away with wins. Like yesterday, right? You allow seven runs in a game. It's going to be tough to to win a game like that most of the time. But the D-backs still come away and score 12 runs. And, you know, somehow we're talking about a series split with the Texas Rangers as... I need wow, I, Sean is out here doing Bosa delivery. I, I What's needed I needed right a frosty now? beverage and Sean knew Did it. Did you order this? Did you put a I request just, in? I just put in this? Yeah, sometimes I multitask during the show, Jesse. It's all right. Just keep going on with it. With it. Thank you, Sean. That's why he's the MVP. Wow. You get it? It's like I mean, part of it is work based, but a lot of it is is like uh, you know, attitude based, and the fact that he ask me if I him. wanted anything. Well, Gosh. yeah, I know. It's because you didn't give him the MVP, Jesse. So I mean, I again, know. that's kind of on you. But Fair anyway, uh, you, you picked a poor MVP. That's all I'm saying. Who did I pick for? I, don't know. I, I don't think know. I picked Max, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, I think that's I Max. Yeah, he probably deserves it, but Max isn't bringing you Bosa. Uh, what else Sorry. we got? The Diamondbacks actually have been uh, pretty good in stolen bases, which I think that maybe we expected them to do more, uh, even though they've been pretty yeah. good. There's kind of, I'm not going to say middle of the pack, but they're tied for ninth right now in stolen bases with 26. And Corbin Carroll has a decent amount of those. So, uh, surprised that you're not seeing them steal more bases because we thought that would be a big, you know, strength of this team this year. Yeah, I mean, Corbin has 10 of them, so he he does have more than almost half of the team's stolen bases. I think sending down Jake McCarthy, obviously you were going to kind of take a bit of a step back in the run game. Sure. So sure. not necessarily a huge shock. I think they're always going to be in the top half of the league, and I wouldn't be too surprised if they if they inch their way up into the top five when when all is said and done. A um, couple more things on on the pitching front that I want to talk about. Yes. Zach Gallen has two wins above replacement at this point, according to Fangraphs, all by himself, which is an insane number at this point in the season. Um, the rest of the pitching staff has minus 0.1. <laughs> so it's literally <laughs> Zach Gallen uh, is, oh, is, you know, just an absolute stud, even though he obviously he didn't have his best stuff in his in his last start against uh the rangers but he still had an outstanding season the rest of the d-backs pitching staff has been below replacement level uh and that's not to say there aren't a few guys who who have stood out in that mix right i think merrill kelly still had a good season uh ryan nelson has still had his moments they've had a few relievers andrew chafin uh, miguel castro kyle nelson Scott McGuff uh, at times, not not as much recently. Um, <laughs> Scott McGuff at most times, unless the game's on the line. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't been great in some <laughs> of those high leverage situations. You're right, um, but yeah, they've they've had some good performances from from some of their relievers in yep. those most important situations. Even though their team bullpen ERA is four point five zero, which is also not very good. So from the pitching side, Derek, that's where that's where the biggest questions are. You can kind of see things coming together offensively. You can see this team being a playoff caliber team offensively. I think we're at that point where you can see those pieces coming together on the pitching side. I don't think we're there yet. I I think we need to see Brandon fought, you know, get a a little bit more comfortable in the big leagues. We're going to talk a little more about his debut a little bit later in the show. Um, and you need, you know, Ryan Nelson to maybe take a step forward. You need Zach Davies to come back and, and provide some stability. Uh, and you need maybe some other guys in your bullpen to step up a little bit more than we've seen so far. Those are the the questions that are kind of looming the most as far as 
are the Diamondbacks actually a good team? Is this actually a team that could make a playoff run this year? One thing you could say about the ERA when it comes to both the team ERA and the bullpen ERA is they have been impacted by a few guys. Obviously, Madison Bumgarner is not a part of the starting rotation any true. longer. So yeah. he was a big reason why that ERA is so high. He had a 10.26, right? So, yeah. And then we also talked about Peter Solomon, who did not really find success in the bullpen. And he wasn't really put into situations where the team expected him really to have success. It felt like he was just put into blowouts and and games that the Diamondbacks were already behind. But his ERA was also pretty atrocious as well. So you, you have two guys who right now aren't part of the bullpen or the starting rotation that impacted those ERAs being so bad. Uh, hopefully we can still see these guys, you know, get get back on track. Like you said, Merrill Kelly has been good as of late, and Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. We just we need them to be solid. It, it 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 can be a bit sporadic after that, but we really do need Ryan Nelson. We need you know Zach Davies to come back and and be what he was in a few games this year, but he also wasn't you know tremendously successful to say like. He's going to come back and, and be a big savior to the starting rotation. We just we know what we're going to get out of Davies when he returns. Uh, defensively, this team continues to be incredible. And, I mean, it's just a team. Yeah. You, you don't want to run on Gabriel Moreno. Uh, there's very little that can get past the outfield when they have a competent outfield out there playing. And, you know, and I, I don't mean to say competent, but I guess I should say, one. you know, when they have their better players out there in the outfield – uh, that outfield is incredible. But right yeah. now the Diamondbacks lead the league with 10 outs above average, and they are tied for third with uh, 15 defensive runs saved. So defensively, they've been incredible, and that is a big reason why they are in the position that they're currently in. Yeah, it really is. And, I, I mean, I guess those numbers are kind of already baked into some of the pitching stats that we talked about, right? That 4.88 team ERA does factor in that the D-backs are one of the best defensive teams in the game. Absolutely. It's a little scary almost. It, it almost just kind of accentuates the pitching a little more. Like, right. man, they, they, they need their pitchers to, to be a little bit better moving forward. But, sure. Uh, but or yeah, if their defense doesn't hold up and isn't this this good, then this team doesn't have yeah. you know the, the results that they're currently having. Right. So, so yeah, I, I, the defense is, has been great. Josh Ross is, has been a big part of that. Uh, we talked a lot early in the season about how great he's been defensively. That's continued. He still is up there, uh, you know, among the best defensive players in baseball right yeah. now, according to, to some of the defense metrics. So really impressive stuff from, from Rojas at third base, really all around the infield. The D-backs have had a really strong defense, except for, Cattell Marte had a bit of a rough one yeah. yesterday at second yeah. base, and his defensive metrics are below average at this point. So he's kind of the one guy, along with Lourdes Gurriel, when he's out there in left field. Those are sort of your weak links defensively, but outside of that, it's a really solid group that he backs well, You're not even going to bring up Pavin Smith, huh? Well, Pavin Smith Paven has played Smith. two games in right field, so I don't really consider that as being like a huge, <laughs> huge problem. But yes, if they if they do run Pavin Smith out in the outfield Please more, you're, you're, that that will continue Please to be a problem. Uh, of course, we take a look ahead at this upcoming series at home with the Nationals. Those Serpientes jerseys uh, being given away on Saturday night, and uh, the D-backs actually play their next thirteen games against uh, teams that you could say are very winnable. Uh, winnable series, winnable games. Yeah. They have three against the Nationals, three against the Marlins, four against the Giants. And three against the Oakland Athletics, uh, but looking forward at this series, uh, this one's going to be a, a bit a bit tough. The youngsters, uh, Ryan Nelson and, and Tommy Henry, both need to really step up in this series for the Diamondbacks to have a chance to win this one at home because National starting pitching has been quite good. 
Yeah, yeah, we talked about it a little yesterday. Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Trevor Williams. Actually, a pretty decent run of starters here for for the Nationals. Uh, Patrick Corbin started or is starting for them today, I believe. So the D-backs won't get a uh, Patrick Corbin uh, reunion at Chase Field. Not not in this series, but uh, yeah, the Nationals have some decent starting pitching going out there in this series, and it's really just a matter of the the D-backs pitching coming out and taking care of business. The Nationals have been a very poor team offensively uh so that's that's kind of been their their issue as many people expected uh entering the season so yeah you've got 13 games here Derek against the Nats the Marlins the Giants and the A's I know the Marlins have an above 500 record at this point still uh I don't necessarily expect that to continue in the long term but Mm -hmm. No matter, no matter what, like you've got 13 games that are that are very, very winnable here. Uh, the four-game series in theirs against the Giants, they have not played well at all to start the season. So I don't know, like how many of these 13 games you feel like the D-backs have to win in order to feel good coming out of 12. this thing? Okay. No, wow. I'm just joking. <laughs> Dang. Uh, I would say, honestly, with, with the series ahead, I would say eight wins seems very reasonable. Yeah. And I think anything less than eight you know, you you just can't go around 500 with this particular group of teams, right? Yeah. You got to be greedy, as our friend Bob Brenly would say. And now is the time to get greedy. Now is the time to not even just win series, but sweep series. They haven't done that yet this season. And I it's think it, it's a good time for them to get on a roll, right? You get on a roll, you get that momentum going, even though momentum's not a real thing. Uh, but you get that momentum rolling. And, <laughs> and, you know, you can come out of it. Uh, you know, the Marlins are a tough team. So the Marlins kind of in there aren't exactly. Marlins are one of two teams this season that's actually beat the D-backs in a series. Correct. And uh, I think they're only one of a few teams that has a winning record right now uh, in this month that they have on their schedule to face. But things have changed. You know, we've talked about what do the Diamondbacks need uh, in order for them to make the playoffs. Right. And we talked about those playoff chances earlier. One of the big things that we had penciled in was the Cardinals and the Phillies both being better than the Diamondbacks. And right now, that is definitely not the case, especially for the St. Louis Cardinals, who we will talk about more later. But uh, again, this is what the Diamondbacks need to do. They need to take care of business against these teams, against Nationals, against the teams that right now aren't playing good baseball. Yeah. You know, because again, some of these teams are too good to be this bad for for this long. Uh, And some of these teams are just destined to be bad all season long, like the Oakland A's. My apologies to any A's fans I'm (laughs) attacking with that statement. But it feels very much like the A's is a team that if the Diamondbacks go into a series with the Athletics and they lose it, people are going to melt down. That would, yeah. that People are going to absolutely lose their shit. I think someone in the chat, uh, Brett said, if they don't sweep the A's, I swear to God, Brett right there, right? Brett's going to Brett's gonna come down and settle things uh, himself if, if they don't do it. So, uh, And the Nats did just beat the Cubs. So things are just kind of weird. Baseball is yeah. weird this year. So many teams have kind of swapped positions. And uh, the best teams in baseball right now were not very good last year. And some of the worst teams were some of the best from last year. Yeah, the, I mean, the D-backs have been hovering at like three to four games over 500 for for like a week or two at this point right i think they got to 11 and 7 so they were four games over 500 a couple weeks ago this is your chance to kind of build that separation it's always a little concerning when you see a team get out to three or four games above 500 and then you look back a month later and you're like oh we're still there we you know we thought we were we were on pace to be this great playoff team and we're and we're just staying we're just kind of staying where we were 
this is a chance if you're the D-backs to get out to, like you said, if you win, if you win even just eight out of these 13 games, which I think is a reasonable goal, at that point you'd have you'd have 25 wins, right? And and you would have 19 losses. You'd be 25 and 19. At that point, you're like, okay, well, we're we seem to be a pretty good baseball team, right? Uh, and if you're fi- if you're able to find a way to go nine and four, which I also think is not a crazy like I think that could happen you know then you're looking at at 26 and 18 which would be a really good record for the D-backs to have coming out of the stretch and their schedule will get more difficult in the months to come so this is a really really crucial point of the year for them and something you brought up before we were on air today which we were talking about the, the the padded lead that the Tampa Bay Rays have now Jesse kind of shocked me with saying that the Rays at this point this early on in the season could play 500 baseball for the rest of the year and they would still get 90 wins right they would so, get 91 wins 91 wins because they're 20 games over 500 right. they're 26 right. and 6 right it's ridiculous so like with the Diamondbacks <laughs> that's kind of why we say that's important right so far we've seen them kind of play down to their their opposition or kind of just you know, basically play at the same level as who they're playing. We've seen them hang with some of the best teams in baseball this season already, and we've seen them barely eke out a win against some of the worst teams in baseball. So, yeah. you know, those Royal that Royal series was a bit eye-opening because with how bad the Royals have been, we really felt like they should have uh, not only swept that series, but maybe had a little bit more, you know, space distance between them on, and the Royals and some of those wins. They were all very close. So, again, this is that time where it really doesn't matter how big the wins are. They just need to stack some wins against beatable opponents because, like Jesse said, from June to July, things get a bit harder. And then August gets very tough because that's when the Padres and the Dodgers come back around. And that's when this National League West might actually be on the line where the Diamondbacks have a chance to either be playing for the division which I can't believe I just said that, uh, or playing for a wild card <laughs> spot, which at this point seems like a very reasonable uh, thing for them to accomplish with how they're playing so far. But uh, one thing we want to do is thank you guys for being here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when we go live or any of the wonderful shows on this network go live. Also, if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Also, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app now. Make sure to grab that. They have a wonderful uh, set of signature bets for the NBA playoffs, and they will have signature bets for uh, Major League Baseball games as well. Each market uh, will have their own unique set of signature bets, and we will have our own unique set of curated in-app bets from the PHNX gang, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, join us at the Sportsbook, the BetMGM Sportsbook, out at State Farm Stadium. Uh, we are going to be there on Friday night. Of course, we have our Cornhole League, so Knockout Nights Cornhole League, first Friday of every month. They're going to have... Uh, food and beverage specials, giveaways, bet MGM prizes, so much more. We give away some PHNX stuff. Join us. It's going to be fun. We're going to have shows broadcast live on site beforehand. Uh, and of course, the food is amazing. So if you haven't signed up for the bet MGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with bet MGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. This guy next to me has a brand new piece on Brandon Fott and uh, his his start, his first start, his major league debut. Uh, but if you and that's unlocked, everybody can check that out. But if you want to make sure you get all of Jesse's pieces, make sure to get yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com. Now, not only will you get access to Jesse's newsletter, full count, and all locked content over at the website, you will also get free piece of merch from the phnxlocker.com every year you remember as well as 20% off all future purchases you also get access to our members only discord you get members only invites to our events members only discounts and so much more so join us today of course you get access to our members only discord lounge which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan um, but like i said you got to check out Jesse's piece on Brandon Fought uh, because he will tell you why we need to stop worrying and i had to read it in order for me to stop worrying but uh, yeah, why, why Jesse? Why do we need to stop worrying after Brandon Fott's first start uh, not going as, as planned, not going as well as we would like it to go? I mean, mostly because it was one start, and it doesn't really matter how, how bad any one start doesn't goes. doesn't come for me. It doesn't <laughs> come for me. I'm ready to overreact. I'm ready to be angry, so his, you're going to need to do better than that. His stuff looked as we would have expected it to look. It, yes. it looked good. It was a tough um, strike zone that day. I'm not trying to cop out on that, but it was a tough strike zone. And I only say that yeah. because it was all over the place. There's one thing with a consistent strike zone, even if it's wider than what the television shows is supposed to be the strike zone or shorter or longer or whatever. But I felt like the home plate umpire was calling a very erratic strike zone, which doesn't help a young pitcher who's trying to establish his edges and, and the corners and all of that with his pitches. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I thought he missed some spots and, and not even so much like missed spots out of the strike zone. Um, like I wrote about in the article, he just threw a lot of strikes in bad places. Yeah. Um, we have a, I think we have a graphic here of Brandon Fott's pitch chart for the entire game. And there's just there's just way too much stuff here in the middle of the zone, yeah, right? There's a um, lot right there in the middle. And and I do I want to preface this and say like you know if if you look at a at a chart like this for a Shohei Otani start or you know some of the better starters in the games in the game you you will see pitches in the middle of the zone like no pitcher goes out and throws a hundred pitches and they're all just painting the corners perfectly like that's not a realistic goal but there's a lot of stuff here right in the middle. Um, and, and not only that, but if you look at his breaking pitches, the slider the and the changeup, especially in, is not he it was not working for him. Yeah, the the slider and the changeup in particular, you see some here that are in the middle of the zone. That's not good. But what I really don't see much of is those pitches just kind of right off the edges, uh, especially the slider, like like in places where hitters would be likely to swing at them, um, but also not likely to hit them because they're they're out of the zone. There's a few of them that you see way off down and into to lefties here, but those are just so far away from the strike zone that nobody's going to actually swing at that. He threw a number of sliders that were just uncompetitive and a number of changeups that were just a little too far off the plate yeah. to get anyone to swing at. So I think finding that that balance with his breaking pitches outside of the strike zone, trying to get them out of the zone, but trying to make it so they're not so far out of the zone that nobody's actually going to swing at them 
He just didn't have a really good feel yesterday for putting those pitches in those spots. The Clutch Canuck in the comments said, had the D-backs not teed off on the Rangers either, then I would be a little worried. And that's a great point. The ball was flying. They hit a lot of home runs in that game. Uh, and he also said the umpire scorecard was 98% accuracy, actually. Only one missed call against Derek. I, yeah, I didn't think the umpire was all that. There, there might have been a missed call here or there. I didn't really notice that. I mean, you know what I what I noticed was, in, in some cases, it might have even been in Arizona's favor because he was calling some of Brandon Fott's low pitches that were out of the strike zone as far as the, the strike zone on TV is concerned. Uh, sure. And I always have to preface by saying that because who knows, right? But then he threw he, he threw other pitches in the exact same spot and then it wasn't a strike. So, again, maybe that one was the one-off call. Maybe that one caught more of the edge and was considered an actual strike. I don't even know what the accuracy, you know, determination is with that because, again, if the, if the pitch – touches the strike zone right like if if we see it on tv yeah touch a line or something that's considered potentially a strike you know even though it might not look like it's there but uh the the off speed pitch especially his slider which we saw in one of the strikeouts look very nasty yeah right? that's his best pitch yeah i think that was his first strikeout to josh young that was that was a beautiful a beautiful pitch but just then like it just on the outside part of the plate it wasn't working after that Right. Yeah. He just wasn't able to get it in the strike zone in that same way. But that one he buried yeah. like right in the corner perfectly. And it was just a beautiful pitch. It's just uh, consistency. Right. Being able to do it. Uh, there were a lot of factors, I'm sure. I'm sure there was a lot of nerves. He had a lot of people there watching him, too. There was like over 30 uh, members of his family yeah. and friends. And yeah. Coaching he had quite a and- quite a showing. Yeah. They were they were interviewing uh, his mom and dad when like right as he gave up a home run, which is kind of a hilariously <laughs> awkward moment. But uh, but yeah, there were a oh, lot of people, man. a lot of people out there to support for sure. One other one other point that I made in the article is I think he should try to get out of the strike zone a little bit more often just in general. Um, he threw 60% of his pitches in the zone, which may, might not sound like a lot. You're used to seeing pitchers throw about 60% strikes, 65% strikes, and that's a good thing. But that strikes, though. That's not yeah, in the zone. That's not necessarily in the zone, exactly. Yeah. And and yesterday, he threw 60% of his pitches in the zone. The D-backs, if, if you look at, at their team as a whole, more than half of the D-backs pitchers have zone rates under 50%. So generally speaking, a major league pitcher is going to throw pitches in the zone less than 50% of the time. Fought was at 60% yesterday, which is really high. And and that's something that's been a trend for him in the minors as well, is when he gets ahead in the count, being better at expanding the zone, like rather than throwing that slider and that change up on the edges of the strike zone, which which would be good in itself. Uh, but like getting it off the edge, getting it down below the zone, those are really where your swing and misses come from. And that really helps you uh, induce more weak contact, get more swing and misses. And he just wasn't really all that great at that yesterday. Yeah. It seemed like even when he was getting ahead, he was still attacking the zone in, in a way that was sort of unnecessary. Well, be they trying weren't, to get it out they of the weren't swinging zone. at his other stuff. He wasn't fooling anybody yeah. with his other stuff outside of the zone, it felt like. But like you said, looking at that chart of where his pitches landed, it felt like it was because they were so basically so far out of the zone that it wasn't even something that wasn't even a pitch that looked like it coming in that it was going to land there. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't I don't want to panic. I feel a little panicked, but I'm not going to. No, I, I wouldn't. His, his stuff is good and his command has generally been good. So it, this is a totally fixable problem. It's just 
hey man, welcome to the big leagues. When you, you know, when you make those mistakes, they're yeah. gonna get hit even more so yeah. than they did in AAA. Yeah. And he just made those mistakes. And I don't think anyone's surprised that, you know, you you throw a changeup that's kind of middle middle, even if it's a little bit toward the bottom part of the plate, it's it's gonna get hit uh by by these major league hitters, especially against a Texas Rangers offense. Uh, which, as we talked about yesterday, has been one of the best. Very, the very so far. good. Uh, Zone in Arizona says having Brandon Fott getting help from Gallon, Kelly, Mantiply, Chafin, and Strom will probably be a huge help to get him acclimated to the next level. And yeah, that's that's a great point. And we already know that this coaching staff is very, very good at getting these youngsters acclimated to a major league level. Um, it just it doesn't always go as smoothly as what we saw with Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison last year. And even then. The results that they're having this year are a bit more of what we expected to see. And that that excellent start that they had was almost more of the fluke. It's not to say that they can't get back there. But again, based on the numbers that we saw in the minor leagues, what the, what we're seeing out of Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison, unfortunately, lines up more with what they were doing at the AAA level and AA level than their, the success they had when they came up and debuted. So. Uh, maybe I'd rather it the other way. Maybe I'd rather that Brandon Fott comes up and struggles a bit in the beginning and then gets online and then ends up being able to be that consistent third starter in the rotation that the Diamondbacks have been desperately seeking. But yeah, uh, again, you got to factor in that that was a very tough Texas Rangers team that has been smashing the ball against a lot of good pitching. So a uh, very, very difficult debut to make against a team that, that that's that good offensively. But we uh, have been, yeah, D-backs fans have been utterly spoiled by Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson, those those two just incredible starts yeah, that they, they each had they, coming up. It's like, no, that's not normal. That's not right. how this normally goes right. when you call up a guy from AAA. Um, they should and, have waited until they played the Padres, but that would have been August. Yeah, so that's surely a long if time they, to wait if for they had Fott. waited until August to call up <laughs> Brandon Fott just so he could pitch against the Padres in his debut, then it would have been seven scoreless innings. Uh, no, th- I mean, this was kind of the other extreme where you you didn't expect to see Brandon Fott get rocked in, in the way that he did. I've seen a lot of people tell me on Twitter, like, no, he was actually really good for four innings. And then the fifth inning, everything blew up. There is some truth to that, but there's also not. Because if you look at the exit velos of some of the batted balls from those first four innings, yeah. he was kind of getting rocked yeah. all over the place for four for innings. Sure. Fortunately, a lot of them were were at guys. Uh, you know, there were the, the two home runs in, in the second inning and the fourth inning. He was able to work around uh, some other situations. There, there wasn't that much traffic on on the bases. But I thought the full body of work wasn't fantastic. But but it's it's OK. Like his stuff is is good. Um, everything, the velocity, all that was was as advertised. It's just a matter of being a little bit more fine with where he puts those pitches, and and that's a skill that he's shown that he has in the past. I'm kind of sad because Saul Bookman was in here just a second ago, and I know he would have gotten very excited about this next topic, but I'm going to phrase it the same way I oh, would yeah. have had he been in there, and I'm going to ask you, Jesse, is it time to bench Nick Ahmed and make Geraldo Perdomo the everyday starter uh, at shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks because, boy, I am ready to start talking MVP. Can we start the Geraldo Perdomo for MVP campaign? <laughs> I want some posters made. I want buttons made. Let's get this man because he's incredible. He is incredible. Like, the numbers, it, you, you watch him as a Diamondbacks fan. You see the numbers he's putting up. You feel like he's good. But, Jesse, how good is Geraldo Perdomo? 
<laughs> I, feel, I, feel I want like you to tell I feel everybody. Like you're, you're painting me into a corner. I want I you to, to tell everybody the numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, Geraldo Perdomo is sitting over 400, which is which is ridiculous, right? I mean, there's there's no way around that. Um, he is seventh in baseball in wins above replacement, <laughs> above according, who? according to Fangraphs, <laughs> among position players, ahead of Mike Trout. There it is. <laughs> um, and, and this isn't like, oh, early season, bad start, Mike Trout. This is legit, like, how you'd expect Mike Trout to play, Mike Trout. Uh, yeah, Perdomo is seventh in the league in, in wins above replacement for position players, yeah. and, which is even more incredible considering he has literally been in a platoon all season. Right. He is not he's yeah. not starting games against left handed pitching. You wonder where he maybe could be if he was starting those. Wait, games. It's wild. It's wild because it's not to say that his numbers don't dip against left handed pitching, but he's still hitting 357 against lefties, Jesse. 357. Yeah, it's not it's not that many at bats. I think most of those are like when when opposing teams have brought lefties and games late sure. and like early that. in the season, Tori would pinch hit Nick Ahmed in those situations. He's kind of laid off that. The last few weeks. But yeah, I mean, Nick Ahmed is here to hit lefties, right? I mean, that's why the, the D-backs have him on the roster, play a good defensive shortstop, and to hit lefties in a way that they assumed was going to be better than how Geraldo Perdomo would hit lefties. That has not happened. Uh, as you said, Perdomo is hitting 357 against lefties with a 429 slugging percentage. Nick Ahmed is sitting 229 against lefties, has not drawn a walk. Uh, and and has a 286 slugging percentage. So Perdomo right now is outperforming Nick Ahmed against lefties. Granted, it's a very small sample size. Uh, and beyond that, Perdomo has better defensive metrics across the board from Nick Ahmed. It's really not close. It's pretty clear Geraldo Perdomo has played a better shortstop this season than Nick Ahmed has. So it's a valid question. At a certain point, it's like, man, I know we're paying Nick Ahmed, I think it's $10 million this year, but... If, if Perdomo is just better in every way, that you have to entertain the question. <sighs> it's a question a lot of people want entertained. And, of course, Perdomo had a chance last year to be their everyday shortstop. And it's not to say he didn't have his struggles at times. But, man, it just goes to I mean, show. He had a lot of struggles a lot last of struggles, year, honestly. But, but <laughs> I mean, again, that's it was, like, it was almost like Gabby Moreno getting more starts possibly than he would have. I know they're still platooning him with Jose Herrera. But, again, it's... It's due to necessity, but we've seen Moreno just really come online as, as a great defensive catcher. And, I mean, we talked about Zach Gallon's comments where he said that Moreno is the kind of guy that's in the war with you. And I, yeah. love, I love when baseball players use unnecessary metaphors and adjectives like that. You know, like the I'm still thinking about the time Eduardo Escobar just unnecessarily said he would die for Tori Lovello. Like, I'm like, I'm still, did that come up? Has he ever had to protect Tory in some way? I don't understand where that even came from. But uh, there's a lot of good young guys. And because of injuries and other things, they're getting that opportunity. Perdomo, he's our risk king for a reason. He hits well with runners on base. He's it's been not, it's not just he's not just the risk king nah. right now, man. Nah, he's he's the, sitting in all situations. He's right the now. king of war, Jesse. He's the king there of war. Go. There you uh, go. Let's go. Uh, but Nick Ahmed hitting 229 against lefties, that gets our OG's performance to forget um, because it should, because that's what he's here for. He's here to hit lefties. So uh, make sure. It's tough. I mean, you're paying him $10 million. Are you going to like, I feel like he's too good of a player. To, you're not going to like release Nick Ahmed. I mean, he's too, but, but I don't know if you're going to get much for him in a trade either. 
So I have an answer, Justin. What, what, what are you? What no, are you? Forget do? It. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll work this out. We have ways to settle this kind of thing. But um, going back to our friends at OG's Brands, make sure to check them out if you need to forget a performance or if you just want to have a great time. OG's is all about flavoring life and they are all about flavoring edibles to taste delicious. So uh, definitely uh, suggest them to someone who you know might need OG's. Uh, and also check them out if you need to get a good night's sleep. They have their Aquaberry Sleep Edition gummy, uh, which has a two to one CBN to THC ratio that just absolutely will give you a wonderful night's sleep. And uh, the one thing I one thing I say about those is it doesn't take long for them to get you back on track sleep wise. So uh, if you're having troubles having a good night's sleep like we all do from time to time, check out the Sleep Edition gummy from our friends at OGs. You can find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, and also, got our friends from Four Peaks Brewing Company, another way uh, to escape bad performances uh, and also enjoy yourself. You can uh, go see some performances, speaking of which, with the Four Peaks Four Seats uh, giveaway. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with D-Bucks. Again, those are like Disneyland dollars. Uh, grab them for some food. Get some ice cold wild wheat in you. Uh, and you can enter by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. Uh, the link is in the bio. They're also doing some great stuff for teachers. Teacher Appreciation Week starts on May 8th. So you can thank a teacher and nominate them to win grants, Four Peaks swag, and a grand prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. Did you... Have a teacher's lounge at your uh, your college there that you used to teach at? No, I didn't or, teach not at college, college there. Uh, high school, right? <laughs> <laughs> My students would have been older than me. Um, That's true. We we sort of had a teacher's lounge. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't it very was, nice. I mean, it was a fridge and a coffee machine. Yeah. See, I bet Jesse counters. owned the teacher's lounge. Oh, I'm sure he did. Just he just worked that counter, you know, that one counter with the I mean, microwave. Owning on it. the teacher's lounge would have just meant that you were using the coffee machine uh, all the time. Yeah. So see, <laughs> see, it needs to be nicer than that. And Four Peaks is gonna hook some lucky winner up with a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at school. Uh, go to fourpeaksfortechers.org to nominate a teacher or to donate. And you can check out at Four Peaks Brew, <clears throat> excuse me, or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or over to enjoy and drink Four Peaks beer. Please drink responsibly. Uh, the league has been very weird, Jesse. There's been a lot of things going on. Uh, the Pirates have lost every single game since sending Drew Maggie down, and we talked about the uh, the good the good the good fortune the good the way that they appease the baseball gods with that yeah. decision, and they have seemed to anger them since. Meanwhile, uh, the other team that we talked about earlier, the Tampa Bay Rays. They seem to be going nothing but to the moon. Uh, someone asked earlier, are the Texas Rangers going to be our rival every year? And I once again implore MLB to consider our rival be rival team to be the Tampa Bay Rays. But with the way they're playing right now, I do not want to play them in a baseball game. So I guess I'm fine with that uh, being the case for now, Jesse. But Yeah, I mean, that's how they have the schedule built. The D-backs and the Rangers are quote-unquote rivals. I don't like so it. They play, they play four games against each other this year rather than rather than well i guess it's two separate series yeah. rather than just being the one series that they play against it's, all the other al teams it's dumb it's dumb and i don't like it but yeah. uh another thing i do like is the cardinals being so bad uh and you you just you love to see it you love to see it don't you i mean it, paul goldschmidt plays for the cardinals derek I i'm well aware of that i'm reminded you. about that every single time we play them in you baseball you want him to do well but you want the cardinals to to struggle as i never said i wanted him to do well Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Wow. Nope. Nope. I'm petty like the that. The Diamondbacks traded the man, Derek. He didn't, he didn't mm, ask to leave. Mm, we knew he was going to go, right? I mean, 
Yeah. I think it was pretty clear yeah, what it all happened. It was one of the biggest mistakes they've ever made. But anyway, uh, that's we were talking about that, though, earlier. Again, the Phillies, Cardinals, a couple of other teams. The Diamondbacks need some of these teams to be bad in order for them to find their way into the playoff hunt in some yeah. way. Or, or, you know, right now, if the season ended today, the Diamondbacks would be in the playoffs and they would be playing Milwaukee in the first round. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. They would be playing the Brewers. Uh, it would be, it'd be Braves. Winning the NL East, the Pittsburgh Pirates winning the NL Central, just as everyone expected. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers winning the NL West. And then, yeah, you have the Brewers, the D-backs, and the Padres in the wild card spots. And, yeah, I mean, there there is, I think, from a D-backs perspective, there are some things to be encouraged about. The Cardinals not playing well is, is a Chris big one. It. Chris said it. I'm fine with Goldie struggling. She Interesting. Said I just didn't <laughs> think that was something that D-backs fans necessarily felt. Oh, but we're petty, maybe, Jesse. We're I, so I petty. Guess, I guess yeah, you are. Absolutely. Uh, the Mets are 16-16 and 16 and have not played well. That's one team that you kind of feel like is going to figure it out at, at some point. Um, I know they, they lost Max Scherzer for, for some time because of the whole debacle with the umpire and the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it, some of the teams that you expected to be right in the thick of this haven't been so far. The Cardinals have gotten off to really slow start. The Phillies as well, another team of D-backs we'll see for the first time later this month. They've really struggled, although somehow Bryce Harper just came back from Tommy John surgery I swear he had the surgery like two weeks ago and somehow he's already playing games, which is, which is insane. Um, it is different for position players than it is for pitchers, but man, he is, yeah, he really crazy. came back. He really came back quickly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from a D-backs perspective, there are some, some things to be encouraged about here. Uh, one thing that we have to talk about that is not Diamondbacks related, but is Tampa Bay related is Wander Franco's uh, ball flip. Flip, I guess that's flip. what you call it. Well, Jesse, Jesse wrote controversial ball flip. Jesse, so let's talk about this. Why does Jesse Friedman think this is a controversial ball flip? Well, I mean, that's just subjective. It's controversial. I mean, have you have you looked on Twitter recently? You like, have me. you seen how much controversy there is about this thing? I, yeah, let's go. Let's go. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Jesse did not like this. Well, so, okay. So I I do not like this in a pivotal you know, late game situation, if, it, if it's a playoff game, it, there are some situations where I feel like you would not want to do this. Honestly, I think it's okay in this situation because I believe the Rays had a significant lead in this game. Um, and you can kind of tell that Wander Franco sort of knows what he's doing, that this is something that he's done in the past. Uh, we were having a conversation here in the office earlier and, and Saul Buckman compared it to uh, you know, Zion Williamson doing a, a windmill dunk or something like in a game where they're where they're up by a wide margin. Regular season that, game early. Yeah, in the in season. a regular season. Yeah, like game I, twelve. I un, I do understand it then. So I I would this this is not a situation where I'm like okay universally let let the kids have fun. You know this is this is okay all the time. But I do think it's okay in this situation because the stakes were not particularly high. The Rays had a significant lead. Yeah, go have your fun. And and I am I am absolutely all for you know players celebrating more, players doing these kinds of things that just make the game more enjoyable. He's got so. he's, he's he's got to defend himself because he does like player celebrations. He does like he is a huge fan of the play of the of the dugout celebrating during the fall league games when they were testing uh the the balls and strikes the 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 
the yeah the system the ABS system the ABS challenge challenge system system, right so challenge system like there's a lot of things in baseball that make things more fun there isn't technically a lot of windmill dunks there isn't a lot of you know showing off it's the reason why it's absurd that anybody gets mad about bat flipping because bat flips really are one of the only ways of 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 just really celebrating your achievements in in a game like this and there's still people out there uh like uh, uh, what 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 was it? What, how do we say this now? Do we say uh, previous Diamondbacks pitcher uh, Madison Bumgarner? One of those guys. <laughs> it's not a not a fan of that kind of stuff, right? But I think yeah, all of this that stuff- that's different. That's different to me. Like a bat flip has no impact on the game. Right. Like you are so not how are you, you are not going to negate your home run sure. by celebrating sure. it. Afterwards. You're not going to get a penalty or a foul or something yeah, from the umpire no, for doing it. You're not going to get kicked out of the game. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> right? um, it's showboating. You're gone. Out of here. Those things are great and I and I think all of those things should continue and I honestly wish more players would do them. I think it just makes the game more fun. Uh this is different though. Wander Franco is taking a risk here because if he if he bobbles it on the way down, if he drops it on the way down, he's gonna look like an idiot. And I don't think that uh, that's what's his also great about it. His though. coaching staff would be all that happy about no, that. No, that's why I love that. That's why it's great because there is a risk involved. And if he does drop the ball and the bat, bat, the, the runner reaches first base, then you do look like an idiot. And that is uh, it's, and that's it's, great. That's it's, good. Yeah, well, first of all, Wander Franco doesn't play for my team. So, yes, that's always going to be good. I don't care about how they do uh, as far as record-wise or if they win their games. Uh, I just think it's funny. It's just funny to me. And if he were to screw it up, I could laugh and point and say, ha idiot. But he didn't. So I say, what a badass, right? And that's what risk and reward is all about. In this case, there is very little reward for doing something like this. Purely... Uh, admiration uh, and, and and excitement for the fans. And that's why I love it is because it's just such an unnecessary risk. And I don't care. Baseball needs more of this, needs more guys doing things, especially when it's 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 something that hardly anybody can do. They're, they're just so talented that they can do this stuff. I, I want more of it. I, I don't care if it's if it's going to maybe cost a runner to get on base or whatever. But like you said, the biggest thing is it's not late in the game. We're not talking about a playoff game. We're not talking about the game being on the line. We're literally talking about him doing a little fucking cool flip to himself to throw the ball. And it's just a little extra pizzazz on it, you know? Yeah. It's- but, but like, okay, if you put this in the di- – like let's, let's say this was a Diamondbacks play. Yeah. Let's say this is Geraldo Perdomo or Nick Ahmed or something. Do you feel differently about it if it's a little bit closer to home, or are you still fully? Supportive oh no, I'm fully. Of them doing I'm that. fully. Okay. I, I am fully in support of doing it because, again, we're not talking about so, like this is something probably a lot of guys could do and don't because of it being unnecessary, the scrutiny, the fact that they could screw it up and they don't want to. They just want to make a solid play. But there are some cases where transferring the ball to yourself like that might even be faster than you kind of digging it out of your glove. But there's just an unnecessary risk involved with flipping it up in the air to yourself while you're running and making an incredible play like he did. Right. But I I don't know. I just don't care about anything that people do if they want to do stuff to make the game of baseball more exciting. Right. Uh, If it's going to be a highlight play, if it's going to be something cool that happens. And then again, I don't even give a shit if he does also not. Uh, make it because then that's funny and we can all point laugh and say what an idiot so Brian Reynolds wasn't impressed 
You, he was the guy who, who Brian hit the Reynolds ball. He's the guy was who was running to first base. He said, I saw it. It didn't impress me. Yeah, well, that's usually what you say when you're the one that's that's on, on, the, on, the, on the negative end of it, right? Yeah. On the receiving end of it. But uh, whatever. I don't care. Let's do more of that. Let's all let's – and then, then Diamondbacks can play – fundamentally sound ball and then hopefully they'll win games because of it but i love I, it I, I just there's just a limit it's just in in game six of the world series or like even in a in a pivotal like if the d-backs are, are in a yeah. playoff hunt Fair late enough. in the season you're in a close game i don't want to don't shit. like yeah. no don't do that <laughs> even even if even if you're 98 percent sure uh, that you're gonna nail it and it's gonna be awesome and the fans are gonna love it it's just not worth the risk in my mind. But in this situation, totally fine. I think it adds some fun to the Is game. Is there something to be said for the electricity something like that can create? Like if you're at home, you're in a big game like that, and let's just say you're down. Let's not even say you're up. Let's say you're down by a run and you do some stuff like that. No. Isn't there something to be said? No. Isn't there something to be said about Archie Bradley's triple that literally made Chase Field sound in a way like I've never heard Chase Field sound? I'm just saying sometimes <laughs> there's a way to rev that motor on the car, and maybe this is it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but Justin, Archie Bradley's triple was like a real thing. Like just, he hit a triple. This, this is this a real was, thing. He yeah, threw it to himself. He grabbed it. He threw it. He got a, it out. That's a real thing. A it really happened. play on a ground out like it's not that's not the same look uh my hair could also be black but it's not you know or actually salt and pepper is what i should say but instead it's this wonderful shade of purple and sometimes you just do things in life to make things more exciting jesse including dye your hair stupid purple uh anyway uh we thank you guys of course for being here if you haven't had a chance to check out our friends at foco they make these little beautiful works of art down here in front of us they're a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel accessories so much more mostly these bobbleheads are just flat out incredible spring it's baseball season you need some more diamondbacks are only given two away this year and you probably already missed out on one of them so go grab yourself some bobbleheads over at foco and FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports. They have yours too. Get the best gear by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use promo code PHNX and you will get 10% off. Also, check out our friends at More Furniture. Uh, these recliners out here that we got, I'm going to say, I'm going to say more comfortable than my bed. Uh, and Damon can attest to that because Damon was sitting next to me when we were watching baseball the other day. And I just flat out uh, just was... Open mouth snoring. Uh, one convert in, in the in the during the next game. Year. Oh yeah, during the game. Oh, yeah, middle God. of the game. Yeah. One conversation. Maybe you know we were ha me and Derek having some fun talking yeah. about the game. We were talking, and I, just... I look over maybe five minutes later, and Derek's taking a yeah. half half inning power now. Yeah. Wow. Getting ready for the show. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just what more furniture does right. to you. It does. It's so comfortable. You, next thing you know, you're uh, Ted Lasso's son from the last episode where he fell asleep while they were chatting. Uh, and they'll also bring those recliners in for you so you don't have to lift a finger. Uh, they got their white glove delivery service, and that's how we got these things up to, to our floor up here in this building. Uh, nobody nobody here was going to be putting in that kind of work, but uh, more furniture will put it in for you. So save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Uh, baseball coming up. We got our takeover event very soon. So make sure to join us. If you haven't grabbed tickets for that already, you can join us for, uh, the game on May. When is it? May 12th? I believe. Do we have that, uh, that we have our list of our show or our games that we have coming up uh, May 11th, sorry, May 11th against the San Francisco giants. Uh, and then a game every month for the rest of the season after that, but make sure to join us on May 11th for that. You can get, uh, that takeover pass. 
uh, in our show notes. So make sure to check that out over at Eventbrite and uh, let us know you're coming. We'd love to know who's going to be there. Uh, somebody joined us last time and didn't even bother to introduce themselves or say hi to us. Uh, but they did take pictures of us from behind while Jesse and I <laughs> were looking up stats, I think, on my phone. So uh, make sure to say hi to us. It's weird and rude, and we want to know you and want to be friends with you. So don't just hang out behind us in the row behind us. Talk to us. Well, that's what we're there for. You really called them out, Dan. Uh, I, I am. I, I, hey, I love you for being there. Thank you so much. We always appreciate you guys for coming out. But also, you're just like we're contractually obligated. Uh, to do this show, you're contractually obligated to say hi to us, and that's the way it that's works. Fair. So join us for our PHNX Takeover events. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm a cap underscore caveman with a K. You can direct all Star Wars-related content my way. Uh, do not send any his way. He does not appreciate that series. Uh, he is Jesse Friedman. You can get him at Jesse N. Friedman. Uh, Damon, he, he appreciates Star Wars, and you also have to roof 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 when you get him. A, he's uh, the leader of our of our cornhole team, Damon, uh, at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G at the end. Uh, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for being here. Again, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when the force is with you.